It's been rolling over me all night. So this morning, I'm going to teach about usher in the king. And it's just... <laughs> Do you understand? We're not talking about some mystical being that isn't able to be touched. We're talking about the creator of both heaven and earth and all that's in it. The Bible says that he's splitting the skies. And he's coming and tattooed down his thighs. Will be king of kings and lord of lords. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Just to read that, oh, that sounds so lovely for the church, but do you understand the authority that comes behind that? He says, your mouth will confess it and your knee will bow. Whether you've decided in your life that you believe or not, he said that you will open your mouth and you will confess and you will take a knee. We're talking about the king. I mean, the applause of presidents and, and all of these hierarchies throughout this kingdom of the U.S., won't hold a candle man we're going it i'm going to open up some stuff for you and i'm really going to get into your religious atmosphere this morning too bless the lord <laughs> but um cuz look there's some stuff oh i've preached it one way i got i've got to repent that doesn't mean ask for forgiveness that means change my thinking I have to repent this morning because there's something that unveiled itself in Scripture. And I was like, really? I'm 53 years old and I've heard it preached all the time. Really? Now? Really? Um, but there's a time and a season. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do things a little backwards this morning. Um. Like I said, this thing about the king is coming and it just, it shook me all day yesterday and, or all evening, yesterday evening, and uh, was on it pretty heavy this morning. So we're going to talk about it and, and I told you I was going to tell us, I didn't have time to do a lot of study on this. So what you go get is straight from a throne room. Because somebody decided they can't eat lunch in 30 minutes. They got to have two and three hours of lunch. Men, can I suggest to you do never go eat lunch with two women. Just don't do it. Stay at home. I'm just telling you. So if you've... Uh, 
Well, he was in the, in the woods. <laughs> I owe you. <laughs> you see what you done to me yesterday? <laughs> Might have been. Let's pray. God, this morning, you know, we just, uh, we enjoy just being able to come into your presence just freely. And God, not having to worry about did we, did we come in with a stain on our knee or if we forgot to do a devotion on Tuesday and but God, we're able just to walk in and say good morning. And God, the more I'm sitting here thinking about this right now, about the king is coming, and we should be doing preparation. God, we're <laughs> here we are making preparation for meals and preparation for this and preparation. Are we truly preparing for you? God, I ask this morning that as we move into this word, and God, I would ask that you would just even continue to give revelation throughout the reading of your scripture and allow us to be able to expound upon it. And, and let's break bread this morning. Can we do that this morning, Daddy? Can we, just, can we just break bread this morning? God, I don't think there's one person in here that is really not wanting to be ready when you come. I think we all, somewhere in our heart, we desire to be ready. And unfortunately, we walk as Paul walked. And there's some things that we do and some things that we don't. And we should be not doing and we should be doing. And But God, that's where your grace and your mercy is made available to us and I just thank you for that this morning now Holy Spirit I ask that you just come and take your place in this house this morning that you would begin to cultivate the hearts and the minds of your people as we begin to dive into the word this morning the word of life God, peel our hearts back this morning. Till our hearts until it's ready. May this seed that's sown this morning fall on good ground. And Father, may you be glorified in our presence this morning. And Father, everything that we do, we do it for your name's sake and for the kingdom's sake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you've been around any length of time, sometimes I'll read all of it. Sometimes I'll read two words and preach for an hour, and then we finish the context, and then I preach for another hour. Hopefully, you don't have beans in the crock pot and turkey in the oven. You know, there's probably not too many preachers that are
bold enough at this point to talk about what we talked about before going live, and I'm just that bold, and I just don't care. But the things that are being invited into our community, the paranormal, the satanic, these things that are being invited into our community, it has to be met with resistance. The church cannot continue to cower back into corners and be okay. Well, it's not affecting me. It's affecting you. And just because it's not affecting you physically, you don't give too much mind to it. But can I tell you that the spiritual part of you is more important than the physical part of you? This man withers away, but my spirit man grows day by day. It, it, it's not really this that lives. Aren't you glad? I'm, oh, well, I can't wait. I get a new body. I can look like I used to look. Huh? But we, we've allowed so much stuff to take place in our life. And like Debbie was saying earlier, it's been one compromise at a time. And then we think the enemy comes full force. There's, he's sneaky. And, and you've got to be aware of this. And people can call you fanatical. People can call you religious. People can call you whatever they want to call you. I just want him to call my name. That's what I want. <laughs> I just want him to call my name. Everybody else, you can call me whatever you want. But I know daddy's going to call my name. And it's not the name that you called me by. Because see, the name that he's going to call me by, it, it isn't going to be tainted with what I've done. Boy, I might stop right there and preach. Because there's a new name. He wrote it down on a white stone. You don't know my name. See, y'all have a hard time rejoicing that Christ died on the cross for you to cleanse you. He's not only making a way for us here. He's completed everything in our life there. Some of you, y'all go get there and he might call one of y'all Isabel or something. <laughs> go get mad, ain't you? you know, well, that don't even... <laughs> That, don't, that ain't me. We've got to take a stand. I think it's easier for us to profess the name of Jesus than to be made to confess his name. But pastor, people will talk about, people will talk about you anyway. Can I tell you, you ain't, you not going to make everybody happy. Me and Debbie just had this. I didn't come to the conclusion. I'm not going to, and it's taken 53 years. I'm not going to make everybody happy. So what? I wasn't created to make you happy. If people are able to make you happy and make you mad, they control your life. Because now you've given them power 
to be the one when they made you mad to be the only one to make you happy. Anybody ever walked away? Oh, you're offended, you're mad at that person. And man, your life becomes miserable. And anytime that person comes around, you do, you do everything out of the norm. You don't do what you normally do because they're there. Now you're, well, last Sunday they weren't here and you were just raising your hands, blessing the Lord. And down here they come and sit beside you and you're going, I don't know how they can sit. And you'd have missed all the joy of the Lord. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. The king is coming. You got it. Look, man, if there was ever such a thing as a God clock, it's ticking right now. Look at what's going on in this world. I mean, it's clicking. Tick tock, tick. Man, that's what I should have named it, TikTok, and we could have put a big clock. But I'm not. It's Usher and the King. If you've got your Bibles, let's go. Y'all okay? You ready? Second Samuels chapter 6. I told Tommy to start at 11, I think. Is that where I told you to start? What's wrong, Tommy? You okay? All right. Hey, if they didn't bring a Bible this morning, you can you can bring it. Is are we froze up online too? Boy, look, because I'll just make everybody wait because we can put this word out. All right, so we can keep going. We're gonna keep going. Second Samuel six, starting at verse eleven. I think I told him verse 12 to start, but I'm going to start at verse 11. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadiah, the Jittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obadiah, Obadiah, Obed-Edom, and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed. And all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. That he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. How many of you know David was a strong guy? I mean, David was a warrior. He was a fighter. And the Bible says that he danced with all his might. It, it looked like one of those mosh pits. Sean, where you at? Looked like one of them mosh pits. Just, just a, aggressive, just reckless dancing. He's not doing the ballroom dancing, the little waltz. He said he's danced with all his might. 
And David was wearing, watch this, Lisa. And David was wearing a linen ephod. You better underline that because we got a lot of teaching this morning, Lisa. So David, and I got it too. So David and all the house of Israel, not just, not just the preacher, not just the praise and worship leader, but the whole house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, not just the preacher, it just wasn't the preacher shouting at you. And with sounds of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. People ain't always going to like what you're doing. You got to understand something. David was worshiping out of the ordinary. We'll, we'll get to it. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people. How many of you know this could be a long day? Watch this. Among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone, a loaf of bread. Boy, they've been cooking bread for weeks. They had to have been preparing. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. They had to have been preparing for this day. Everybody, every man and every woman got a loaf of bread. Come on, we're not talking about a little congregation. The whole Israel. Now, the last time we checked, when they were brought out of Egypt, we're a million plus. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say it's that same number. That's a lot of bread. That's a, lo that's a lot of preparation. Oh, have you been preparing? We're ushering in a king. Have you been preparing? Charlie, you going to meet him at the gate? Have you prepared? Everything going to be clean, neat, and in order? I'm not talking about all the... I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about what's here. Have you been preparing? We're ushering in the king. Hang on. They got a piece of meat. Don't you know there was a lot of animals cut up that day? Listen, I mean, here again, we're, we're not talking about just the hind quarter of a cow. That's not going to feed a million plus. 
For some of us, it's only going to feed one of us. And a cake of raisins. Boy, they had the bakers busy too. The whole, listen, this, there's no way possible that this could have ever taken place in a matter of an hour or so. If it's a million people, everybody gets a loaf of bread, a slice of meat, and a raisin cake. Oh, and by the way, he blessed them. Come on, don't you know that when King David blessed them? Oh, because she's, oh, yeah, you don't understand. You don't understand that blessing yet. Hang on, we'll, we'll break that down for you too. Then David returned to bless his own house. Boy, that smacked me in the mouth. Don't you, don't, don't you know that your pastors, and I'm not talking, I'm not looking for your sympathy. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, this morning there were a lot of pastors that had been preparing to usher in the king. Because we have allowed, we've allowed the church to be in such a place of complacency that now we as pastors and ministers take on the whole gamut of weight. Because the congregation expects, well, we expect our pastor to be anointed and the whole time we expect our pastor to go to the, go to the hospital and go to the nursing home and lay hands on your dog and cook food for you and be there for you and clean the church for you. He done all the preparation, getting everything together. Worshiping the presence of the Lord in. Then taking care of you, giving you food. Blessing you. And then he gets to go to his home. To his family. Boy, don't you know, he was just full of joy. After dealing with a million of y'all, he was so excited. Well, can I get a bigger piece of bread? Well, this raisin cake, it ain't got the three. Come on, y'all talk to me this morning. Boy, people, fickle. Come on, Michelle, help me preach this morning. But that's what's going on. He's gone through all. Now he's going home and he went home just full of joy. And he's met at the door. Where's my wife? And he's met at the door with this precious woman that the Lord had given him. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. Boy, don't you know that was just all kinds of just bubbly joys and goo-goos and gagas and everybody got taken back to the place where they had the butterflies and just fell all in love again and said how glorious boy it started out great didn't it she said how glorious was the king of israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants 
Mm. How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servant, showing himself like he's showing himself. You don't even present yourself. You're preaching in a Harley t-shirt and boots. How, where's my wife at? How glorious was the pastor today? Ooh, boy. So David said to Michael, So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. You, you, you didn't catch it. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. I ain't danced in front of you. I didn't dance for your show and tell. Come on, that's what she was wanting, right? She's married to a king. A king. It was before the Lord. Oh, man, this is going to get so good this morning. Who chose me. Oh, whoo! He chose me instead of your father. That's all. Come on, that was a left hand. That was a left hand. He basically, you jealous? Cause it's me and not your daddy. See, we don't. We don't think the Bible talks. I, I, if you read the Bible, I promise you, you'll have more entertainment in that word than you'll ever get anywhere else. We don't think all that's happening. Man, there's all kinds of stuff. You like drama? There's drama. You like romances? There's romances. Well, I won't keep going with that, but I could tell you some other stuff. I'll leave it alone. G rated. So David said, Micah, it was before the Lord, who chose me instead of your father and all his house. I mean, he could have chose everybody else in Saul's house. He skipped over your daddy and them. <laughs> mm. To appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. He said, you ain't seen nothing, baby. You ain't seen nothing. You wait. You wait until we get the Lord established. You wait until we have set him in his rightful seat. You wait until he begins to do in Israel what he has done for Obed. You just, baby, you think you've seen something today? You just wait because I'm going to be more undignified tomorrow. And we'll be humble in my own sight. That right there give away a lot of stuff. We will talk about it. But he said, and we'll be humble in my own sight. 
But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. See, there's something, there's something about the, the possibilities of producing fruit in your life. There's something about being undignified. You can... You can go to the altar and go through all the repetition. You can hold fast to the tradition of man. And not bear fruit the rest of your life. Or you can be undignified and bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously what where what's happened what has happened to the church israel israel has been without the glory of god because we do know that the ark of the covenant represented the glory of god right i don't have to teach on that Israel's been without them for almost 30 years. Oh, that brings me to this point. Just because the Ark of the Covenant wasn't there doesn't mean that they weren't doing their sacrifices. Just hang on. This should have been a Wednesday night, but we're going to usher in the king. They were still doing their sacrifices in front of an empty space. Let me help you. We're going to church, but there's no glory in it. There's no lives being changed. There's no hearts being transformed. But we're going to church out of tradition. Don't you understand God's word that the traditions of man will make? Come on, help me, Bible readers. The traditions of man make what of no avail? Make the power of God, make the word of God of no avail. Because we apply tradition. We don't apply spirit. We don't, we don't operate. We don't worship him in spirit and in truth. We operate him in tradition. We, we worship him in tradition. We come to church. We sit real nice and quiet. Sing kumbaya. Hold hands. Say amen. And we go home. And we wonder why our lives are a wreck. You've not invited the glory. Obed, you know, I used to think it strange that they just dropped this card off at some man's house named Obed. Do you know that he was from the tribe of Levi? He was from the city of the Levites. 
So that shouldn't cause me to wonder, why would they leave it there? Because when the Ark of the Covenant was taken, when, when the Ark of the Covenant was given to Moses, manufacturing it and how to care for it, he was told that the priest would be the doorkeepers for the Ark. They were to minister to the Lord. Y'all remember? This was the priest's responsibility. So I'm like, man, they dropped it off at Obed. And Obed is still getting blessed. Oh, man, we used to preach that boy. Woo! He's getting blessed. And I mean, he just, well, he was a priest. With all rights, he was a priest. Ministering to God. Oh, I can just imagine. Could you imagine? It, it was like, uh, it was like the lot falling on him to minister for that season. The lot fell on Obed. He went, <laughs> and he ministered to God and was blessed because the glory of God was there. And we're sitting in churches, wondering, pondering, scratching our heads, should I? Do I even make the sacrifice anymore and go to church? Can I just sit at home? I can see. Sure, you can. Stay at home, baby. Don't make your way to a corporate body. Just stay at home. I'll see you at the gates. It's fine. But what you're doing is operating out of tradition. Because that has become a tradition. Well, I can. By all means, I can sit in my fuzzy slippers, my cup of java. Here's David saying, I've got to get the Lord back. See, y'all remember that the Philistines took it from Israel in the war, right? In their battle. And they took it. And they held on to it for like seven months. And they said, what? Nope. Uh-uh. I don't even know. That's, that's half our problem. We don't know how to handle the glory of God. We misappropriate the glory of God. We do things illegally with the glory of God. And the glory of God begin to kill off people. I mean, the one thing he says something like they had hemorrhoids. <laughs> not, not funny. <laughs> but that they were having these these big spells physically and dying. And they said, no, I can't do it no more. They took it back to Israel. But the thing was, they didn't take it where it's supposed to be. They just said, here, here's our land. Here's your land. Here's God. We'll see you. Oh, by the way, here's this. and Because they took... They were so excited to give the glory of God back that they brought all kinds of offerings too and gifts. Please take it. <laughs> Some restitution. Here, take it. David decides I'm bringing the glory to Israel. This is where it's supposed to be. And the Bible says that here he is, he's dancing in an ephod. A linen ephod. Well, preachers have preached. Me included. That he danced naked. Some form of nakedness. 
I always said, well, it wasn't, he wasn't naked. The Bible said that he had linen on. Ah, half a truth. Okay. So let's understand what David had on. We already know that the priests were appointed to guard and be the doorkeeper and be the ministers of the ark, the glory of God with the ark of the covenant. We all know that. We know that there was just the high priest once a year could go in behind to make atonements for sin. Just the high priest. All the other priests couldn't go. That was one job I bet you every one of them was shaking when they got that lot filled. The Bible says that David was dancing with a linen ephod. And if you go into Chronicles, you'll actually find that Chronicles, and it's written some couple hundred years afterwards, but they're making some correction on it so that we have a better understanding of what's taking place. And in the Chronicles, it's talking about the, the dress attire of a priest was both a linen, a linen garment, long sleeve garment, to the ankle, to the wrist, with an ephod over top. Ephod was two pieces fastened at the shoulders. So it would cover the front and it would cover the back of the priest. I might get excited. Better put that in my pocket. David is dancing before the Lord. When we read that, we think that he is just ushering in the king. He's just ushering in the glory of God. Well, okay, but however, he told Micah it was before God. Wait a minute. He's a king. He's a king. The priest ministered to God. David was a king. Oh, come on. David's radical. Just watch. Here he comes before. See, David knew that he was king. And he was coming back into town. And they had trumpets. They had people singing. They, they assigned people. They, they said that one was the praise and worship leader because he was talented. He had the gifts. And he was good. That's why they made him over there. See, if, don't, if you can't sing, don't. Never mind. There's reason. It's not to offend you. There's reason. I mean, God took the time. Man, okay, rabbit hole. God took the time to create Lucifer. And if you read the description of Lucifer, it's almost as if Lucifer was built as a flute. Everything about him was perfection. Perfection. When it came 
to plan. Oh, come on. All right, never mind. You're just going to have to go. I told you I didn't have time to study. <laughs> Not on this. We study for something else. Here comes David dancing. Michael is standing in her window, looking out the window, expecting to see her king. It wasn't that David was naked. It, it wasn't that David wasn't fulfilling his role as king. It was David dropped his kingship to step into another role to usher in a king. David knew he was a king. But David knew he had a king. David knew... How he was supposed to present himself before people. David also knew how he was to present himself before the king. You can be the boss Monday through Friday. But on Sunday you better have a boss. You... You can be all important and all about you all week long. But when you come to church. This is what, this is why, this is why a lot of influential people will never enter into that portion of God. Because they are not willing to separate what they have for what they can give. They won't lay down who they are in order to lift up who he is. You've got time for God when you need him. But you don't pay no attention to him when you don't. I got news for you this morning. You'll never walk a day in your life that you do not need God in your life. You will never meet any type of goal. You'll never gather any type of accolades in your life. You can have 15 degrees on your thermometer and you will still be nothing when you stand before God Almighty because we are ushering in the King of Kings. And if you can't separate yourself long enough to worship and present who He is before a people, it wasn't that King David said, well, I'm no longer king, but this is Christian people. Well, I'm too good. I, I make too much money. I can't. Well, I dress and I drive and I will. I don't care. Get on your face because you're trying to usher in the king. And he is not going to share in your flesh. 
And we are wondering why things in our life are upside down and we can't get things together. And it's all because we have a king. Oh, we're trying to bring in the king, but we want to make sure that everybody else sees who's bringing in the king. See, I might be the pastor, but when I'm preaching to you, I'm bowing before him because I know that without him, I can't do what I do. But we are so set back in our complacency in life. King David said today I will not be king. But today I shall be a priest. And he was wearing the... They said he was dressed just like all the other Levites. You don't understand. He was dressed like all the other Levites. You can't come to church and worship God any old way. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) You want to worship him in spirit and in truth. So you're going to worship him through spirit and truth. You can't worship God while you're retaining lies. Oh, you can do it, but it's to the tradition of the church. David, David was extraordinarily out of the ordinary. He said, I'm going to lay it all down. There ain't going to be nothing hidden on me. God, I'm going to dress the way I need to dress before you so that I can usher you in. I want the glory. See, David could have brought him back. I think there was the Mount the Mount Gibeon. I had to write that down because I knew I was going to forget it. David didn't bring the ark to Mount Gibeon where it would be by tradition that the ark would set at Moses' tabernacle. David went to another place in God. This was a transitional moment. Not just for David, for you and I. David began to say, hey, guess what's coming? Watch this. He wasn't, he didn't park it behind the veil. He parked it in a one-room tent. So that everybody could take part in the glory. God got tired of seeing the priest and the priest alone to touch the glory of God. To experience the glory of God. To witness the glory. He said, I want everybody. So here comes David. Just crazy. And brings the glory of God to the center of everything happening in Israel. Dancing with all his might. See, a king, you wouldn't expect a king. Come on, some of us, we we get to the point, man, if if we breach another level of income, man, we start to walk. We used to walk like this. And then we start to walk like this, and then we still. And that's how we, can I tell you, you better not, you better not spread your shoulders too much in pride. Got to humble you, boy. Anybody ever got whipped with a switch? 
I imagine God's switch is a little bit bigger than what we ever got smacked with. <laughs> He'll humble you. He'll humble you. Did you see what, Tommy, get back to that verse. Where'd you go, buddy? We froze again? Yes, no? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Next. There, there we go. And I will be more undignified than this. He, he's basically saying, look, if, if you think that I've stripped everything from me now, you wait till later. As I begin to grow in God, as I begin to experience in God what it truly means to serve God and what it really is that God is providing for me, you ain't seen nothing yet. I will give all my money away. I will move out of my house and give it to people. I'll take whatever I have and give it and offer it to other people because God is my provider. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about you paying me I don't have to worry about my job keeping me I don't have to worry about winning the lottery I don't have to win about any of that stuff because I know who provides for me I told Debbie the other day we were standing in the kitchen I forgot what we were talking about but I looked at it and I said sweetheart there's something you missed I said I got money and she looked at me and started laughing she said well you got a little bit more than you. I said no you missed it I said I got money for the first time in my life, I can look and say, I got money. Well, pastor is good. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Money don't have me. Dude, it don't, you don't understand. It don't matter. I am so free with this right now. Dude, you have no clue. It doesn't matter. Had a dude ask me, how in the world do you even have anything as much stuff as you give away? I said, exactly. You found the, you found the key. You found the key. Don't hold, give it up, baby. I ain't saying be stupid. But if the Lord says, Dawn, you bless her. Yes, sir. <laughs> they ain't. There ain't no going in the roundabout. Stop going through the roundabouts. You know them crazy little things. I hate those things. Especially when you're on a motorcycle and you get in a curb like this and you got to go back that way. It ain't happening. You have to go around the mountain again. You got to be able to take the left when it's time. Make the right. When it's time, when you hear the Lord speak to you, move. How many of you want the glory of God in your life, in your home? Then stop trying to usher the king in. We are to build upon. David said, I'm not going to get hung up in tradition. I know what Saul used to do. I know what Moses used to do. I remember all that. But God said, They're offering sacrifices in front of a 
veil that is empty. Boy, can you imagine the heartbreak. Imagine, imagine the disappointment for you and I. We die. And that's it. Oh, I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, imagine if we die, Miss Linda. And that's it. Boy, what a heartbreak. Because I'm banking. I'm banking to be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. I'm, buddy, I'm banking on it. I'm banking on it. Well, what if it doesn't happen? I don't, I, honestly, I can't really tell you right now. <laughs> I just know right now I'm banking on it. But if you don't bank on it, what happens if it is? Boy, the loss is much greater. Oh, come on. The loss is much greater than your gain. What's the profit to man? To gain the world and lose his soul. You can't take it with you. The rich man said, I've done it all, Jesus. Oh, I've done that. I've done, I've done this. I've done. He said, good, good. Sell everything you got. No, I'm good. That's how that story ended. Oh, and for those of you that ride on the back of grace, well, God will never, those of you that ride on, listen, I'm not saying don't get on the horse. I'm just saying you better be careful. Don't you abuse that horse. That horse needs to stop and rest and drink. Don't you abuse that. It's, the, it's, a, it's that horse of grace right there for God. Don't, listen, it never showed me not one time in Scripture that Jesus went back to him. If you find it, I'm, I'm open. Jesus didn't go back to him. Man, you want to know the scariest thing about all of that? That's the first time we're introduced to this man. That's the first time that he was introduced to Jesus. And that was the last time that he denied him. Dennis, they don't get it. Who said you got tomorrow? Who said, you, who said you can go on tomorrow living your life the way you who? <laughs> who bewitched you? That's how Paul would put it. I can't speak like Paul, I'm sure, Miss Pat, but I know he said, who bewitched you? Who's lied to you? Who, who told you? Who, Adam, who said you was naked? Come on, church, will you follow me? But, Pastor, you're all over the Bible. Exactly. <laughs> David was taken to a different place. 
Could you imagine if David wouldn't have gone? What if David would have been so high and mighty on himself that he would have allowed the priests to minister on their own and they would have taken him to the mountain of Gideon and placed him once again behind the curtain? You better outgrow tradition, Miss Linda. You better tell them. Miss Linda, tell I need your help this morning. You better tell They better outgrow tradition. Tradition is going to lead you to a dead end. Tradition is going to bring you heartbreak. It's going to bring you letdown. It's going to bring you brokenness. Tradition is going to give you everything promised to you and nothing gained. That is tradition. But the word of God is life and giving and empowering and saving matter of fact the bible says that the gospel is the power of god unto salvation so the bible is everything to you and i well that, this is why i try to encourage you don't just pick the bible up and read your devotion under a traditional law listen that's what <laughs> this is another reason why micah had an issue because her daddy didn't do it this way. You should not want to be. Here, let me, let me, I'm going to do it with you. You shouldn't want to go as far as your mom and dad. Girl, you better have a desire to go further. See, I can, you, <laughs> oh, brother, you can only take him as far as you've been. But God can take you further. Oh, come on, church. Get off the log this morning. Quit being that, 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 that little bump on the toad. Stop. You better start rejoicing one time in your life that there was a guy that was called the king that decided to lay down his garments in glory. To come and take on your rotten, sinful, disgusting, dirty ways and die for them. He became that for you. And the best you can do is bless the Lord. All right, Saul, live under tradition. If you want to be broken out of where you are, you better get outside of who you are. Miss Pat, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is a prophetic word. You're not designed to be who you are right now. See, we think King David, man, oh, he was brought, because Israel wanting a king, and, and David, and he was a man after God's own heart. And he, the only reason that King David was king is because God knew that he would lay down his crown before his feet. See, you don't think you can make God mad. Yes, you can. There's all, there's all kinds of scripture about God getting upset. We was talking about this the other day about us living in the Bible days. And oh, oh! It would have been so fun. 
until you would have talked about the pastor at lunch and brought up something against him. And then you started spreading the cancer and the gossip and the crap all through the church. And then God caught wind of it. He said, oh, you don't believe don't touch my anointing. You don't believe that part. Oh, check this out. Boom. And he swallowed up Moses' kinfolk. Get you some of that? You want to live in the Bible days now? <laughs> nope. I'm out. I told I said, mm, nah, dude, you can have all that you want. Because right now, I live right where I'm at. Because I mess up now, it's a smack in the back of the head or something. You steal some booty and it ain't no big deal. And you take it to your tent and you just tuck it away under your rug. I mean, after all, Dennis, you didn't hurt nobody else. It was for the benefit of your family. I mean, that's got, God's got to want to do that. Bring them before me. Tribe by tribe. Whew. Family by family. Boy, could you imagine being the 11th tribe and being the 694th family? And you had to listen. <laughs> and you're going, <laughs> I think I'm getting sick. <laughs> Can I go home? I don't want to be here. And then God brings you out and says, what did you do with it? Oh, for you religious folk. Well, they did tell the truth. They sure did. And even after they told the truth, they were burned. The whole family, kids and all. See, that's the problem with Christians. We think God don't mean business. We think he's just here to be the genie in the Bible. Had an issue at work today. We're Any weapon formed against me shall not prosper. Thank you, Jesus. But we forgot to read the part where we're lying and stealing from our boss because we're checking in late and we're not. Never mind. God's a just God. That means he's just the same on this side and he's just the same on this side. He's a just God. all the notes got. I think I hit them all. No, I didn't. There was a switch. A switch of tribes. Saul was part of Benjamin. David was part of Judah. Benjamin meant son of my right hand. This means law, instruction, tradition, David was part of the tribe of Judah. This is, look, have y'all not figured out yet that God will come completely out the box if you'll shut your mouth and open your ears? He took, Lisa, he took the king of Israel. 
that was from the tribe of Judah dressed him like a priest from the tribe of Leviticus and had him usher him in. I think he might have been dancing out. Well, I don't know what to do. Oh, glory. <laughs> Probably shouldn't spin that fast. All right, there you are. <laughs> 